If you just say something that Ricardo doesn't like, he'll just delete it. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work like this. <laughs> don't provide false information. No, 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 no. I usually keep everything. So okay. no, sometimes if he doesn't like someone, he just deletes all the good Pretty information. Much everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Leaves all the I believe mistakes. It. Hello and welcome to the Young Artists Podcast, where we delve into the creative minds of talented individuals. I'm your host, Natalia, and we have a fascinating guest with us. Joining us is Miranda, a talented painter whose works delve into the realm of body dysmorphia and self-perception. Welcome, Miranda. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's nice to see you. So uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, I really love your paintings. And from the very beginning, when I was going around the school, uh, I really wanted to learn more about what you paint and why you paint. So um, I know that your paintings revolve around the theme of body dysmorphia and understanding your own appearance. Can you introduce yourself a little bit and talk about your main themes and what you paint about? Yeah, so basically I, uh, I started kind of as a photographer painter at the same time when I was 16. Okay. So um, I've been painting yeah, ever since I was 16, it was middle school. And the first time I painted, it was because I was in visual arts class and everyone mm -hmm. had like personal tutors, they had personal uh, painters to teach them, they were granddaughters of painters, whatever. And I was the only one that was kind of like the odd one out. And so I went home and I had a, I had a tough time at school. Yeah. And I came home one day and my mom had bought me all these canvases and painting and, and uh, paintbrushes yeah. and paint and so I started painting and it was not figurative but I'll show you the photo like after this but it basically has always been about what I'm going through and about the body about the body and about being bullied and about feeling I think it's always about emotions yeah and I think the body is something I use to explain and to display the, those emotions and so I've been um, painting uh, my experiences and my feelings ever since I was 16 and that includes um, body dysmorphia and mm -hmm. uh, trigger warning eating disorders so yeah it's always been my coping mechanism it's okay. always been something I've had to do instead of something I wanted to do every time I feel the need to paint and I don't it feels like I'm going sick oh I understand yeah so you you need it as like an art therapy it yeah helps you go through things I think art is definitely therapy I think I I kind of tried to stop at one point when I was in business school yeah um, but I just couldn't and I just always 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 painted and I uh, always found like my way into a community of artists and creative somewhere so yeah so uh, you said that you were struggling in your environment going into creative people was it because your family is not into creative uh, things they are into different uh, they are doing different jobs um so my parents are um uh, i wouldn't say they are creatives they've always loved art mm -hmm. ever since i can remember i remember my earliest memory is my dad showing me like music videos of artists yeah. and it was bon jovi always oh. <laughs> and so i i think i was like the two, classics i think i was two or three and so you know they love music they love um literature as well but 
they're business people. They yeah. have always had to survive. They came from absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they never had space in their mind to think about, oh, like what art I should put on my wall. Like we have art, but for them to have a child that is creating, you know, these types of paintings, it was hard for them to understand. But what I meant with the, I was struggling with my environment was at school. Okay. I think I had a really fucking great upbringing. Mm -hmm. Like, my parents were absolutely amazing. My sister was absolutely amazing. It was just a really tough time at school. Okay. I'm asking because I feel like I can resonate with you on this level because uh, I come from a family where everybody is doing medicine or something scientific. Yeah. So for me, I also had a lot of support from my family, but I was struggling with finding a role model yeah. to get the courage to get into creative absolutely. industry. Absolutely. And I think knowing like coming from a place where people are all like they all have stable incomes and they all um it's kind of it's not cut out for you i yeah. i would say but it is like a more maybe stable path or more familiar mm -hmm. and so yeah i still feel that to this day kind of just being like oh i really wish i had more mentors or i yes. wish someone can tell me who i should be talking to or how I should be showing my work, you know. It's very important because even though uh, your family supports you, it's still difficult to find this courage if you're not in the good environment. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really interested in how did you start to treat art as your therapy? Like in what way uh, is, was it helping you with your, um, with your struggles? How did it start? Yeah, so it started when I, so when I say like I had a hard time at school, like I was bullied, like, like verbally, physically, mm -hmm. everything, oh. and it was really hard. And um, I just would rather just be in my room and paint. And that was the first real great sense of achievement. Like I was a high achiever ever since mm -hmm. I was a kid. But when I finished that first painting uh, at 16 and I got that, the best grade, whatever, in art class, whatever. I really felt like, oh my God, this is something so new that I want to feel the rest of my life. Yeah. And so after that, I've just always painted scenes from my head. Okay. And I just, I've, I've always been a self-taught painter. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like everything I had in my spare time, it would have something to do with painting. And you know, whether that's watching YouTube videos on how to draw people's faces or how to mix colors. Um, so yeah, it just became what I did on my own time. Uh, and how did photography fit into that at, at the beginning? Uh, photography was quite similar. So basically I had a really good um, middle school art teacher um, and he taught us photography from like basically a pinhole camera. Mm -hmm. So he basically showed us all the principles and I bought myself a film camera to kind of feel like just to be like, oh, I want to try this out. And I, you know, Lomography? Uh, no. Can ba basically, it's a brand of film cameras that have like lots of different cool, funky filters in them. Okay. Uh, like, so like every, like a roll would be all blue colors with like, Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I know nothing about photography. Okay. So, yeah. so that's so interesting. <laughs> basically, that's Lomography. And yeah. basically, it's what kids use and people use for fun. So I bought one of those cameras thinking it was like a real serious camera. Mm -hmm. And I showed it to my teacher and he was like, oh, like you bought, you bought a toy camera. And I was like, toy camera? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> yeah, how dare you? 
<laughs> you know what? It was a toy camera. But ever since then, I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna find out what a real camera is. Yeah. And so I begged my mom to, uh, like, let me buy like a really like a dirt cheap, um, thirty-five millimeter SLR, basically. Mm-hmm. Just a manual camera. Yes. And this was before all the hype. And I started taking photos of uh, my body and other other women's bodies. So like I would ask, I would talk to friends or people, and they would volunteer. And um, so that was my photography art project in high in high school. It was photography and painting because you had to do more than one medium. You had to do more than mm-hmm. three actually. Okay. Yeah. So photography was just exactly what painting did for me but i guess it was more immediate you know you could just sh- click yes and then process it um so that was w- what i used photography for but basically very similar to painting yeah photography is a great medium as you said like it gives you sort of like immediate results with painting it's a really huge process yeah. but i'm wondering for me it would be very um I would feel very naked, like um, literally and, you know, metaphorically taking pictures of my body Mm. and then showing them to people and painting them. Like, how do you deal with this exposure? Yeah, good question. I think that's that's a fair point. Well, I still feel naked when I do it and I'm quite literally naked when I take the the photos. But um, I don't know why that came to be so basically for my photography high school project um do you guys know the ib program so just for those who don't know it's uh, the alternative for uh, like a levels for a levels yeah so like final exams in yeah. high school so i took visual art so we had the final exhibition and i displayed like bodies that were taken up close like like rolls of body fat mm-hmm. maybe like there was like an ass crack somewhere yes. <laughs> but it wasn't explicit yeah no you know nothing should be censored and so i displayed them on these walls and i remember someone coming up to me being like hey you know it says 18 plus somewhere for your place for your area so like the kids couldn't come in and of course when you're a kid and you're not allowed to do something you want to go there right and so all these kids started coming and they were just giggling and i was trying to figure out what was happening and it turns out you know i went to a christian school christian in quotation marks yes (laughs) Um, and basically they said that it was nudity and it or pornography Mm. and so it was censored and i think that just became my fuel yes. knowing it, it was censored i was just like oh let's uh, keep this going and when see you can it. do something you just keep yeah, on doing it and, <laughs> and see how far i can take it because also i in indonesia where i'm from everything is censored oh. like guys we're ta- it's mad do you know sandy cheeks from spongebob squarepants yeah like she's wearing a bikini right yes she's fucking censored really (laughs) she's fucking censored in my television so like i've always thought that was hilarious more than anything you know and so i like to play around with that and um also i was in a I was in one group show last year in the National Museum in Jakarta mm-hmm. and the curators wanted some pieces and they picked two and one of them was like uh, me like my body painted in like black lingerie but again yes. covered you know okay. not naked and um, even though the curators wanted it um, someone wanted it taken down so again like I've just always dealt with like censorship and you know um, it frustrates me because 
even though I can be naked when I take a photo and I paint, I feel like when you make it into a painting, people are suddenly like, oh, it's art. Yes. Whereas if it's a photo, it's pornography and there's a different connotation that comes with it. And I think seeing how gendered bodies, especially uh, you know, female gendered bodies in media have been represented and censored, I'm really interested in diving and delving into that because it's like when we see someone painted and someone sculpted, yes. we think there's a different degree of fine art. Oh, that's true. Or elegance or whatever it is. Yeah, elegance is a word that I think describes it well, even though we don't use it. But yeah. you feel like there's a certain degree to elegance if you say, see a nude photo or a nude painting. Yeah, you feel like it's more... I don't know if it's because it's more skillful. It looks... I don't know, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, she actually took the time to paint it. Whereas if she took a thirst trap in two seconds on her iPhone, it's dirty. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know. And I know that you also... Uh, you often talk about how Instagram classifies your paintings as nudity. Pornography, and, yeah. Yes, blocks them from being shared. So yeah. how does this impact you and what do you think about this? Nah, I just it's just my fuel again. It just drives me to yeah. keep doing it. <laughs> because I know there's something to be changed, right? There's something to be talked about. Like um, if I Photoshop my male friend's nipple onto my breasts, it's not going to be censored. That's right? true, yeah. But if it was my nipple and my breast, it would be taken down immediately. Um, There's this really interesting movement for the nipple, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where female nipples are always being censored, whereas male nipples are never. Yeah, and I think it's just about, you know, it's all about context, right? It's all about how we perceive uh, things. So I think that perception uh, between the viewers and me as a maker, as a creator, as an artist, is what I really, that's my safe space. That little gap is where I have fun and mm -hmm. play. Um, so uh, I'm really interested in what is the uh, boundary between pornography and nudity. I think you have a great view onto this topic. Yeah, I've always wondered about this because every time I put out, you know, some work that has some skin, yes. it's always like, oh my God, it's pornographic. And, and none of them actually have depicted sex. Yes. or any sex acts maybe i mean i toy around and play around with notions of sensuality and mm -hmm. sexuality but never uh really sex and the act of it so i think i would prefer like my works to be called like nudity to be branded nudity because yeah i'm, I'm naked and i'm fine whatever but pornogra pornography i think everyone just throws it around but in my head it's always about the act of sex or you yeah know. that's true like some um some act it's not just the depiction of the body yeah and i'm always wondering why is the female's body uh why, why the female's body has such strong connotation with like dirtiness yeah like female body should be covered and male's body is fine to be naked right yeah i think it's definitely the sexualization yeah you know i think it's definitely uh, well, I mean, when I look at, you know, breasts, I think of, you know, it's life-giving. Like, it serves a function. Like, everything in our bodies serve a function. Yes. And I think people, I think because we're so obsessed with pornography, and I think we're kind of desensitized to it in, in the most horrible way, we think that 
we look at bodies now as sexual objects mm -hmm. instead of body parts, like fully running machines and vessels, you know, that yes. are so incredible in what they do. So I think it's definitely desexualization. But you know what's so interesting to me that female's body has always been so um, con so uh, linked to the uh, notion of like of sex mm. and pornography mm. and like something you shouldn't see mm. but in the arts for ages it was only females body yeah. that was depicted naked yeah like maybe in sculpture there was there was uh, males nudity mm. but in painting it's mostly females all the time subjected yeah. to the males gaze yes and we always feel like we are peeping onto some situation that yeah. women is depi depicted in but in real life, women cannot be naked ever. Actually, that is, that is true. I'm just reading this book um, and basically um, the history of these live drawing classes with, you know, the men is, I think, I think the first women who were in the Royal Academy were in, it was like in the 19th century something. Mm -hmm. And before that, and I think even still after that, women weren't allowed to draw life models. Yes. So they couldn't draw female bodies or male bodies. I think male would be better, but basically it was like a big no-no for you to paint your own like naked body. Yes. And I think that's really interesting, right? Because it's like, it's always the Madonna whore complex, you know? It's like, oh, like mm -hmm. if you cover up more then like you're a Madonna and if you yeah. are naked, then you are a whore. So yeah, I think it's definitely systemic. I think it's been going on for way too fucking long so i have a question which may might be too personal if you don't want to you don't need to answer but uh, how do you feel with the feeling of shame because i feel like it's so embedded into oh, yeah. culture of women especially when you depict yourself naked yeah how can you deal with it actually ah uh, good question because you know i've recently i've recently figured out and decided i don't want to live in shame like I think for the longest time I lived in shame um, especially when I'm back home like with the kind of art that I make mm -hmm. it's easier to fall into shame yeah. but shame is so a low vibrational energy mm -hmm. and it becomes lit quite literally cancer if you live in it for too long you know shame yeah. judgment like fear it destroys I'll, you it destroys you and I don't want to live like that so I think I decided that when I moved here, when I was like, okay, this is a place where I can not really be shameless, but to not live in shame anymore. And and I don't feel shame in regarding to in regards to my body and having people see it because I think that would mean that society would have gotten the better of me. That that's true. I believe that shame is such concept that you can only feel it when you're subjected to other people's gaze. Yeah. If you're by yourself, you never feel shame. Like you can do whatever in your room. You only feel shame when there's a pair of eyes on you, right? Exactly. And I think <laughs> that's why I make these paintings, you know, <laughs> like um, in so, like the one over there with yes. the boots and my tits. <laughs> it's like, I'm getting rid of the shame. Like here, like look at it. I don't care. Like I don't yeah. feel shame. Do you feel shame? Like it's sub, it's, changing that and giving it to the audience and being like how do you feel looking at it i love it you not only challenge yourself but you challenge all the people yeah i think it's really important to have that intimacy with the audience mm -hmm. and being naked is just one way of doing <laughs> it you know because when you like 
I have this thing where my male friends, um, I love them, but you know, they would be like, oh, do you know this girl's nude was leaked or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh my god, like that's horrible. And he was like, yeah, like don't you ever dare like. I hope it never happens to you. you yeah. Otherwise, you'd be classified like a whore or something like that. But then they go on Pornhub, and it's like fine. And so it's also about the perception of whose body is shameful and whose body isn't. That's true. And so and they glorify and like porn actresses. Absolutely. And so exactly. So when I make a painting about it, I hope to ask the audience like, like how like where do you stand with this? Mm -hmm. So do you feel like? Painting your own nudes, like you are in control, and you, in a way, like leak your own nudes so that no one can do it and uh, no one can take this power from you. Yeah, actually, that is absolutely right because I remember I was 14 mm -hmm. and I was swimming with a friend in her house, and um, apparently, my my sister came to me like two months later, and she was like. You know, my guy friends in in her grade, so two grades above mine, like have your f swimming photos, like they were re like, like what the fuck? And I was like, I don't have the photos myself. I I don't have the photos myself. So basically, I was fourteen swimming in, with a one piece in my friend's house, mm -hmm. and somehow that got spread around to these older soccer guys, soccer mm -hmm. dudes. And I was like, you know, being fourteen, I was just like. I was swimming, like yeah. drinking a lemonade, and I think that instance and that experience have made me want to be in control. That's why I love being in front of the camera, but also behind it, mm -hmm. because it's super different when, you know, a photographer, you know, male or female, is behind it taking a photo, and I feel like I'm just a a doll, you know. Yes, yes. But if I'm in control. In front of the lens, behind the lens, and behind the canvas as well. Mm -hmm. You know, then you're in full control. I'm in full control, yeah. and I can portray myself however I want, and not let someone else capitalize off of it because that has happened many yeah, times. Yeah, it's such a big topic in p photography when, especially male photographers, photograph naked feminine models, and they're sorry, but they're all Caucasian and skinny, like yeah. underweight. I'm so sorry. Are you really an artist if that is all you do? Yeah, you know? and then they capitalize on and these they, bodies. Absolutely, and it's yeah. like what, like Terry Richardson vibe, you know? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know, I just don't, I'm not. That's not my vibe because so many of them like have reached out, like want to take photos or whatever. When I was on social media, and it's like, nah, like I'm good, thank you. Like I can do it. <laughs> like, yeah, you, know? you can do it yourself. <laughs> I can do it. Like partner with like a bikini brand or whatever. And that was the time I was on social media. Have so. you actually read the book My Body by Emily Ratajkowski? No, I read her essay, but I heard it's good. I think you would really resonate with this book. She talks a lot about how men have been capitalizing on her body. Yeah. For example, she had this situation of um, of artist. His name is Richard Prince. Yeah. He takes pictures of models of Instagram and, and he sells, sells them, them as his own artwork. And she had to buy it. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She bought her own picture that she posted on Instagram herself from the man who took it as his own. See, like that yeah. couldn't that could have never happened to uh, men. <laughs> yeah, th that's so true. But I'm wondering, in the art world, do you have some role models like the artists that inspire you? Oh my god, so fucking many. I think my champion, and I've always said this, has and will always be Tracy Emin mm -hmm. because 
if you want to talk about someone who's in full control of her body and yeah. her art, that's her. She's fucking nuts. She's so crazy. I love her. Could you disclose a little bit what she's doing? Yeah, so basically, Tracy Emin, she actually went to the RCA, did MA painting mm-hmm. in 89. But she works across all disciplines on all mediums. She has her neon light. She has her writing. Yeah. She has her paintings, her... Um, her embroideries, tap- tapestries. So basically, she just talks about you know her experiences. Um, again, trigger warning: having been raped, having gone through oh. abortions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, relationships. And I think she does. She talks about her feelings. Again, it's all about feelings and emotions. So eloquently and so unash- like without shame. Mm-hmm. So that's why I look up to her. But, so does yeah. she? Do you think like? With her paintings, she also tries to gain the control over her body after all these experiences that... Yeah, I, I don't know if she tries to gain control because I think she knows she's in control, but um, she also recently went through cancer. Oh. So I think, yeah, maybe control over her body because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's different when your body is attacking itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Yeah, so yeah, Tracy Emin, I love Carolee Schneeman. I love Joan Mitchell, I love um, Helen Frankenthaler, Barbara Hepworth. Girls power. Yeah, I mean like, <laughs> of course I love so many, you know, other artists that are male, that happen to be male, but uh, at the top of my head, it's just my yeah, heroines. Of my course. Heroines. Recently, I, I've noticed that you are trying to experiment with more abstract art instead mm. of figurative. Mm-hmm. What was the point of inspiration for this? Um, I started making like more gestural, mm-hmm. abstract marks when I moved here last year, out of nowhere, and it still had a figure in it. Mm-hmm. So it was still figurative, but everything around it was abstract. And then just slowly, I developed that, and it became the figure is embedded in it, and it's not really shown. So okay. I don't know how that came to be. I think it was just I was, I was more unafraid to have my emotions and abstract gestures was the way to really show that on the canvas. So at the moment we're sitting in front of Miranda's painting. Yes. It's really abstract. It has a lot of gestures, uh, brush strokes, mm. many colors. Can you tell us a little bit about what this painting is about? Yeah, I was just talking to Ricardo about this before we started. It was um, so This one is titled, she was a little performer. So if you guys mm-hmm. see that on the Instagram, you can see what it looks like. But it's, um, I used scrap canvas. I was about to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And it was during reading week a couple months ago. And I decided like, oh, I'll just, you know, draw with pastels on my bedroom floor. So I just laid it out. And, you know, whatever I was feeling, a lot of frustration, mm-hmm. a lot of frustration. I just made it and then I was like, oh, like if I don't like it, I'll just throw it away. Yeah. And I brought it to school one time and Gabriel was like, oh, like, we can stretch this. Like, this is good. I like this. So yeah, like that's what it's about. Like I was just in a trance. I wasn't thinking when I was making it. I okay. Was, I was just feeling. So it's very intuitive artwork, yeah. mostly about your emotions. Yeah. And I think the composition, when you're, when you're working and you don't have to think so hard about it, sometimes the composition just works. That's true. So yeah. that's what I really enjoy right now with colors and abstract works. It's it's the composition. That's the way I like to work. I never plan my paintings. I really struggle with making a sketch and then painting. I know. Yeah, I I rather you know like paint whatever, but that it comes from within me, 
and not just sketch it like that's yeah that's yeah. A, that's a great way to put it i think sometimes we need to be in like a clear headspace and like a vibe you mm -hmm. need to have a vibe around that's you true for you to create do you listen to the music when you play i What's listen to music and podcasts all the time and i dance and i sing and i scream <laughs> but um right now i'm trying to not do mm -hmm. that i'm trying to because i'm so emotional when i listen to something i feel the whole thing and then by the time i'm supposed to make it make like a painting i'm like oh, like i'm just so tired from, okay <laughs> i still feel broken hearted from that song i heard yeah so right now i'm trying to have like a clearer state of oh mind my gosh, you're a really sensitive person i'm so fucking sensitive i wish i wasn't <laughs> but i think it's good for the art <laughs> yes of course all the artists are a little bit you know yeah uh, Miranda, uh, how do you handle criticism and maintain like a healthy mindset while creating art that delves into such personal and vulnerable experiences? Um, honestly, I think my mom is my harshest critic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so growing up with that, I don't know if anything can really, really hurt me anymore. Okay. And I think I kind of... I don't see criticism, but when I feel like people are just lying to me because they want to play it safe and not hurt my feelings and say everything's fine, I just want to be like, no, like, tell me honestly, like, if it, if you think I'm uh, suddenly caring too much about what people think through the work or if I'm not being honest and genuine, tell me. So I think I, I think I appreciate criticism. I think it's needed. I think it's about, it's a part of being in that creative community right it's that back and forth and that bouncing of knowledge mm -hmm. and, op and opinions sometimes like i mean i've had some harsh criticisms and i'm just like would i listen to them if they're not in a place where i want to be i wouldn't mm -hmm. really listen to them mm -hmm. so sometimes you just have to pick your battles you know and not listen to everything people say so i think criticism is fine yeah, it's also probably necessary to develop your way of thinking. Absolutely, absolutely. Or challenge your ways of thinking. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, I'm very self-reflective. So, you know, coming from someone else, that helps me. So I don't have to be so critical of myself like mm -hmm. someone else can be. Uh, so I have a question to you, uh, which we'll ask to everybody. Do you have any advice for young artists who just uh, start with their artistic career? I'm starting out as well, so um, I could use a few advices myself, but I would say to never stop. You know, I was, like when I look back on when I was in business school, I couldn't have felt further away from the art world and from being an artist, but I just used all my time to make, and I just kept on going without even thinking where this is going to take me. Like if you had told me, you know, four years ago I'd be at the RCA, I would have been like, huh? You know? <laughs> like I would have been happy, but yeah, I think if you just never stop, it's really going to take you places in ways you don't expect. And, and my biggest thing is to never be afraid of talking to people. Mm -hmm. Like, even if it's just on social media. Like, if you love someone and if you look up to them ask them questions like even just follow them mm -hmm. you know you never know where it's going to take i met this guy um his name is robert diamond he yeah. is the host of talk art mm -hmm. so props to robert uh we <laughs> met last year when i was at another course and he said 
you would be surprised by how many things start from conversations. Mm-hmm. And enthusiasm goes a long way. So if you have that and you keep working, you're gonna be fine. That's such a great advice. I feel like many people think that only if they spend so much time in the studio, make the best work in the world, yeah. they'll make it. Yeah. But you need to show it to people. You, you need, need to, to talk to people. You need, you need to. Like, I wish yeah. I could just be in my bedroom all day, every day, and just paint and whatever, and be by myself, but it's not gonna work that way, right? Then who's, like, if the, the art is always for yourself first, mm-hmm. but of course you want to share it with the world. Yeah, you need to be your own PR team. <laughs> you need to be your own PR team. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be, like, you need to be on it, and you need to know what to, like, like self-branding, sorry, personal branding. Personal branding. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. That's important. That's a cliche, but also believe in yourself. Just uh, make sure that you are your biggest supporter. Honestly, yeah. And also, talking negatively to yourself is so hard to get rid of, but it's so bad for you. Like, I know we are all. I know we all do it, but you know, if we could just be our best friends. Yeah, getting rid of shame, of self-criticism, all these things. Self-doubt. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about it. It's crazy. It's crippling. It is, yeah. It is. It is really crippling. Honestly, like this was the main inspiration for this podcast to talk with young artists. Like everybody is starting at some point. And all of us have so much self-doubt, even though we are in a great place. We are all doing amazing. All of us, we like almost hate our our work at some point yeah yeah we were were just talking about this also the last part on that is um you know we feel like we hate our works and whatever but i will i love billy holiday Mm -hmm. i love billy holiday and in an interview i listened to last night she said she doesn't like her recordings no way and to us it's like oh my god like it's really how is that possible (laughs) but if she cannot like her works then it's sometimes fine for us not to either, you know? That just goes to show we can be wrong. That's true. Thank you, Miranda, uh, for sharing your journey and insights with all of us today. And I feel like your art truly speaks volumes and offers a unique perspective on important topics. Thank you. So we wish you continue with your amazing ideas and success in the art world. And thank you everybody for listening to Young Artists Podcast. Remember to stay tuned for the next episode. And don't forget to follow Miranda at Miranda Pranoto on Instagram. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for listening. And see you next week. Bye. Bye.